Hello and welcome to Monocle on Culture with me, Robert Bound. The British band Saint Etienne have just released their 10th album, named I've Been Trying to Tell You. It's a slight shift from the perfect pop songs they're famed for creating to a kind of hazy, nostalgic electronica that evokes a sleepy summer dawn at the end of a big night out. It's also reminiscent of the late 1990s, the period when Saint-Étienne all began. And it literally borrows from this era too, sampling late 90s and early noughties pop artists like Samantha Mumba, The Lightning Seeds, The Honeys and Natalie Imbruglia. To coincide with the release of this record, Saint-Étienne have also enlisted the help of esteemed photographer and filmmaker Alistair McClellan to make a film of the album. It's a set of vignettes that takes place during a road trip across Britain, starting with a trip up the glamorous old A1, the old road that links London to the north. And don't switch off now, trust us, it's miles better than it sounds. The film follows a group of young models as they roam identical suburban streets, splash around in idyllic waterfalls, play giant chess in the grounds of Tudor houses and generally soak up the sunshine, exploring the thrills and the boredom of being young during an endless summer. It's a beautiful snapshot of Britain, the place that has so often been the focus of Saint-Étienne's work, and it examines the bucolic against the industrial against the ethereal as we venture from a party in the countryside to giant cooling towers to Stonehenge. On today's programme, I'm joined by Sarah Cracknell, the timeless voice of Saint-Étienne, and Alastair McClellan to talk about the album and the film I've been trying to tell you. And I'm joined um, by Sarah and Alistair. I'm lovely to have you both on the programme. And you've, crea- you've both created such a beautiful, euphoric universe um, for, for, for listeners and viewers to, to bathe in. So I wanted to start with, with you and how you and Bob and Pete put this record together. What were the reminiscences that drove it, if indeed they were reminiscences? Because it feels like a nostalgic project. There is nostalgia involved, but I mean, obviously we like to make music that's for the future as well. Yeah. But I know what you mean. Yeah, we had this idea about how you misremember things and you remember things through a kind of fog of, you know, you remember the good bits or do you remember it correctly, and <laughs> etc. Yeah. And um, we were thinking about the period between about 97 and, and then the Twin Towers going down and about there was a lot of optimism in 97, a huge amount of optimism. And then... Yeah, did we remember it correctly, etc. So we we started making music with that in mind, and it's quite sort of not certainly not lyric lyrically specific. I was really yeah, didn't want it to be lyrically specific. As much as I've loved your lyrics, the sharpness and that kind of that sense of remember the future, which I think mm. this this project shares as well. I love the sharpness of those lyrics, but I love also how this one is non-specific and is as I say yeah taps into a sense of sort of general euphoria and optimism and yeah memory somehow yeah and about remembering when you were young and stuff like that I mean obviously Alistair will talk about that because um the visuals <laughs> are very much about 
remembering when you were young and yeah. stuff. Or, yeah, the kind of things we used to do when we were young. Yeah. Alistair, at w- w- what point were you consulted to come on and make, make the film of the record? The film seems to share such a kind of central DNA of that idea that Sarah's talking about of, yeah, remember the future, I suppose. I mean, yeah, there was, there was an element of that that, I, like, um, like Sarah said, I didn't want it to be too particularly a nostalgic project, but I just came from the, the point when Bob sort of asked me to collaborate with them. They had actually had a different album completely, and but they couldn't then finish that because of lockdown, um, because they couldn't go into a studio. So they, I don't know how they came up with this other one, but anyway, so <laughs> the, the, the pandemic happened, and then I sort of emailed Bob in, I don't know, May, June 2020, and he said, I said, are we still doing stuff? He said, yes, we are, but I think we're not going to do that album. And then he sent me five tracks of this new album. And so instantly I sort of felt like it it kind of reminded me of... I mean, it kind of reminded me of the early 90s, some of it, like the first two tracks in particular. And, and uh, the first track felt quite English because they'd sort of they'd use these harpsichords, or I thought they'd use these harpsichords, but then it, as it turns out, it was actually a sample from a um, sort of late 90s R&B record when, I don't know, a lot of, I guess a lot of American producers were putting these weird harpsichords in yeah. a lot of R&B music. So I instantly sort of thought of, uh, was being quite obvious and thought it was Tudor and that. Anyway, so I, I thought of it, <laughs> that UK in general, which just sort of making a film about the UK and that was something Bob was keen on. So I, I just started to think about um, what I was doing when I was first listening to their music when I was sort of like, I don't know, 15, 16 and sort of the boredom of that time. But there was something sort of quite lovely about that boredom and quite innocent about it. You know, I used to just walk around the streets like the boy does in the video when he walks around bungalows. That's what all that's all we do sometimes is just walk around with your friends yeah. around bungalows and... And you used to do it in Windsor, didn't you? When you yeah, I did. Which is a sli- <laughs> slightly nicer than South well, Yorkshire, but anyway. It's, um... I don't know, there's a sort of benign sense of kind of that, there's a sense of that teenage self where you, you have you have no sense that time will ever run out, right? You've got that luxurious annuity of those long summers and the sun always seems to be out. And that probably comes down to whether you're remembering your past correctly yeah. or whether you're glossing over it like a lovely, like a photographic memory almost. Yeah, did that, did that tap into the into the the writing of the music, Sarah? Yeah, and I th- I mean I think I, I've said I said to Bob, um, for me it's a kind of late. It was a bit like now, you know. It's a kind of we should say we're recording this on a. It's, it's going to be t- I think possibly twenty nine thirty degrees in London today. Yeah, and I love that late summer thing because mm. in my garden, you know, there's leaves falling and you know they're starting to turn a little bit autumnal looking. And that's what it feels like for me. But I think it can be different for everybody, you know. Bob just said, yeah, I know what you mean. But, I mean, you probably, Alison, think of it differently. The the, the timing of what the re- record feels like as, you know, sort of, I don't know. I don't, I don't see it as a winter album. Put it no, way. it doesn't feel it. <laughs> I mean, it reminded me, I, I said to Holly, who's fresh from the End of the Road Festival oh, yeah. today. She's definitely got a safe hand on the tiller in the control room, I'm sure. <laughs> but um, it felt felt like the memory of a festival somehow. That thing where you're kind of driving, you're back, you're, you're on the train, or you're going back in the car, and you've got that sort of warm kind of reminiscence, that very that kind of warm reminiscence of something that's that could soon be past. You know, yeah, it felt, and, and it a melancholy, isn't it? There's it a is. melancholy, which I love. You know, yeah. mel- melancholy is the best sort of feeling or sentiment for any record ever isn't it it and is it, and it i love it i'm definitely going to quote you on that i love that it is a, <laughs> such a commanding it is sentiment best. isn't it yeah yeah and um, we try and capture that wherever possible and so i think with this record yeah we were trying to go for the kind of melancholy you know things are good were they good maybe they weren't so good 
Now they're getting better. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> well, it's it's got. Yeah. It's also like a certain thing of time, isn't it? When you when you are of a certain age and your parents are saying, "Oh, this is the best time of your life," and you think, "Well, how can this possibly be the best time of my life?" Because I'm bored. <laughs> yeah. I'm walking around some bungalows, <laughs> or um, I don't know. Like, it, it, and you sound then quite you scarred s- by the bungalow. Well, no, it's, just, it's just that you <laughs> then actually sort of realise that it was actually quite nice. I know, but you no, don't definitely. appreciate it, obviously. Yeah, no, I hate it. Because you're young. It. And yeah, at the time I thought it was crap and yeah. like I said to you I used to go sneak out and go night fishing <laughs> which sounds like yeah. some mad euphemism I'm going night fishing yeah exactly and then... <laughs> just flash your headlights and it'll be yeah. <laughs> in a clearing and, uh, and I'd go off with uh, a friend of mine Tony McKeith on the back of his little uh, tiny motorbike and we'd go off night fishing and then I got caught coming back and crawling through the yeah. the, <laughs> the cloakroom <laughs> window one day by my dad but uh, did you but, have to sort of go by the fishmongers and buy a trout to cover? <laughs> we weren't genuinely, honestly fishing. I promise you, we actually were. Um, I love that though, because there is that. Well, actually, I wanted to, to let, I wanted to ask you, Alistair, about the the movement in the film. It's got a very kind of propulsive energy to it, and we go on a road trip, which I didn't know that I was going to be doing when I first listened to the album. But where did that come? And we kind of quickly make our way from the environs of London up to Scotland. Yes, that's right. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, wh- when did when did the road trip idea kick in? Because it's always a good one. It's like melancholy is the best sentiment for an album. A road trip movie is always good. When I first started talking to Bob, we were sort of talking about things we liked about the UK. And weirdly, we both quite like the A1. I think it's because I travel up there to see my mum and my brother still lives in the same village that I grew up in. And then he go- travels also the same route up to Bradford. Um, so we just talked about things we liked, service stations we liked and all these sort of things and then it sort of became a bit bigger and I sort of started to think about what Saint-Étienne's music had influenced me and my visual sense over the years in my photography and, you know, filmmaking and that. And then we liked, you know, we liked the idea of factories so it made sense that you'd sort of, that we would sort of have that A1 sort of um, movement going through it but it was like but rather than sort of going with people on a road trip you sort of just going to different places. Yeah. So like I, I started to think about, you know, the idea that Tentetine's music is kind of international, as much as it's sort of meant to be sort of quintessentially English and all that sort of thing that, you know, they get, I guess, that people think they know about their music. They also have this sort of cinematic side that's like, I don't influenced by European cinema, and I yeah. sort of feel like anyway. And so that's why I was interested in using Port Merion, because it's like this strange Italian village in the middle of Wales, and that's where I came with that one. And then that's that is a beautiful sequence. Yeah, yeah, so I just, strange it's, and it's just beguiling, such a weird isn't it? place. It's yeah. uh, it's like Portofino or something. It's like yeah. in the middle of Wales, and so I thought <laughs> that made sort of sense to do something there that felt, I guess, not so sort of that felt like a specific time almost looked like a sort of like strange little film within that film that's not really connected to youth culture or of the 90s or anything like that that was I sort of felt like that should be its own little thing and so then we just sort of like travelled around looking at factories and then I, I remembered a school trip that I did which was in the Yorkshire Dales where we would just go and look at waterfalls and go in the water and then that's kind yeah. of what that ended up one of the songs ended up being sort of a reminiscent version of a school trip and that's kind of what the the whole thing so it it does have a it does have a road trip but it was never really intended to sort of be like a typical road trip movie where you I don't know, it's like not you know not, not easy rider not easy rider or wild heart it's it is a senatian road trip where we see yeah, some kind sort of, of br- yeah. some some brutal and beautiful architecture yes love is after all like a motorway as someone once said god knows who <laughs> um and uh, and, it, and it's got that wonderful propulsive modernity to it but it's also very it does feel like a uniquely it feels like Britain looking at itself in a 
in a mirror. When you first saw the rushes for the for Alistair's film, what, I mean, did it feel like looking looking at a the imagination that made the record? Because it's tough to pin down the reasons that you make an LP and the music. You know, as you said, the the lyric writing is quite non-specific for this album, Sarah. Does the the film help you kind of define it now that it's now that both of those things live alongside and with each other? I wonder. Exactly. No, oh, damn. <laughs> I'm going to ask shorter You've questions. Do question. you like Alice's <laughs> Um Yeah, so I think I saw the first three songs first, and it's exactly that. It sort of made some sense out, out of the music for me. And I think that, yeah, alongside each other, the film and the music just... It just works. It just really, really works. Because I, mean, I know that, I think, Alice, you've said there's no narrative in the film. And I know there isn't. But there is more in the film than there is probably in the music. And Possibly, maybe. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Therefore, I... Uh, I like they, I'm giving you the forum to work this out <laughs> publicly. <yeah. laughs> so I just feel that it makes more sense out of me. I think there's a, more of a journey when you have the two side by side. The light and the, the the photography in the film is so beautiful and redolent of you know, a lot of your work as a as a photographer as well. I mean, unsurprisingly, I love to have that, and that's a rare aesthetic to have in a motion picture. Was that going to be the way that you did things from the outset? Because I feel like I'm looking at a a beautiful kind of series of, of sort of behind the scenes shoots in front of the scenes shoots, but fashion shoots. Well, I mean, kind of. I mean, there's always a sort of I don't know, I always like the colour of... I've always liked Technicolor from the sort of 50, 40s mm. and 50s, like Paul and Pressburger, Technicolor, and, or any... I mean, you know, American Technicolor. I, I just loved all that colour. So I've always liked that idea of that in my photography in, in general. So when it came to sort of, like, making films, I, I always sometimes feel that photographers don't... Sometimes their moving image or filmmaking doesn't look like their photo. So I was very keen that it still looked... Like, if you paused it, it would still look like one of my photos. Mm. So... When I started sort of making videos about five, six years ago, one of my lovely um, assistants, Lex, came up with these lenses that, and, they, and, and we sort of found these cameras, these 60mm cameras, and it kind of translated to look like, sort of ended up sort of looking very much like my photos. So, yeah. um, which, of course, I'm very happy about because like, it's <laughs> quite a hard thing to sort of... It's quite difficult to recreate yeah, to that style on... Yeah, yeah. especially because, I mean, I shoot most of my, um, in fact, all of my <clears> pictures on film really pretty much still... Um, because I just don't find the same, I don't find the same feeling from digital. Really, I sort of feel like it, it, it's just a strange process as well. Not only in the sense that everyone can see the photograph straight away, which obviously some people will love and some people will not love, but um, <laughs> but you know, I just still like the organic process and the way that the light hits the film rather than the light hitting pixels. I guess. Well, there's an element of trust about that, isn't there? You've yes. got to trust your eye. When you're making a record, you cut those tracks. No one hears them until they're finished. Well, you three hear them, but no one else hears them until they're finished. They don't go back to record. You know, there, there's an element of trust. I think that that space between the moment of creation and letting it settle, you know, like sediment in a bottle or something, mm. is really necessary to the process and seeing what you've got after a period of time, presumably 
Well, it feels like that's how your records have been made as well. That there's a flash of modernity about them, but they live in a kind of constant, in a Britishness that's sort of, as you say, has got a sense of melancholy about it somehow. Yeah, I mean, we... I can't believe this is our 10th album, to be honest. I can't believe it. Well, it's just yeah. bonkers, isn't it? And, it? and, yeah, I think we always... I don't think we ever know that we're definitely going to make another record. I think everything just happens very organically. Sounds a bit wanky, <laughs> but it does, you know. And and that's the way we've always been. And so, yeah, I mean, with this record, I was just... I was literally just recording vocal stuff at home and then just sending it to Pete, or there's another guy called uh, Gus Bowsfield, I think mm-hmm. it's pronounced. And then it would come back as a more formed piece of music, and then I'd send some more vocals, and then it would come back again with other bits and an edit. and stuff. So, yeah, it was very kind of like that. And is that the happened. first time you've made it? I mean, this this was an album that was made, in, in inverted commas, on Zoom, right? Which we all kind of had a bit yeah. of a bitch about before we switched <laughs> on the microphones in the studio. Although we said, isn't it nice to actually be in the same room? Uh, makes makes you know, It's nice to be able to talk to people and look them in the eyes. Presumably that's the first time you've done an album in bits like that. Yeah. I mean, I mean so bitty in terms of the communication as well. Yeah, I mean, we, we've done a lot of sending ideas before going in the studio. So that process is is similar because mm. Pete's got a really good setup. He's the te- technological person. Right. Um, <laughs> and Bob and I send him a load of ideas. And, um, he can stroke his beard after all. Yeah, he's, he's got a great he's got beard. A great beard yeah. Fabulous beard. Um <laughs> But yeah, so we we've done a lot of that anyway, sending ideas to and fro. But then we go in the studio and we pull it all together. So yeah, the pulling it all together bit, we weren't in the studio. I mean, it does. It's got a different quality to it because of that. And I mean, well, you tell me. I mean, that, that's what it sounds like to me. I was like, oh, this is strange. This is you know quite a. It's quite a. It's quite a different feel somehow. It's definitely in the Sonetian canon, but it's got a very different feel that I, I couldn't place in time. Do you know what I mean, Alistair? It's sort of like you can definitely take it to bits and you know that there's the constituent parts of the... the there's the Senatian exoskeleton there, but I couldn't place sure, it yeah. at the beginning or the end of, 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 uh, ten, of, of ten albums somehow. Yeah, I think... I, I mean, it was really great to go back to sampling, basically, yeah. because we haven't done that since, I don't know, 94. We've done little bits here and there, but generally speaking... Yeah, going back to sampling, and it's really, it's just really good fun. Everyone yeah. keeps asking me, what's that like? It's good. It's really good fun. <laughs> it just is. It's yeah. really sort of freeing. And so, the, and, and we should say some of the, the samples that you use on this record are Samantha Mumba, yeah. Tasmin Archer, but, you know, a, a, le- a lesser known track from her. Really interesting stuff, as Alistair was saying, kind of. Hang on, I feel like I recognise that, or you know, from that mid, that early midnight or you know, mid nineties vibes. Did you plunder your record collection? Did everyone was this <laughs> was this the sort of most argumentative and busy Zoom conversation with? with I uh, had nothing to do with this. <laughs> um, <laughs> Come on! <laughs> By the time I heard them, they were all squished up and changed. Yeah, so like, it was is that fun. what is that? Yeah. yeah, it's interesting actually. The amount of people on our kind of like Sanitian, you know, Facebook and whatever spotting some of them and I wouldn't have spotted them because they're lesser known yeah. kind of songs but you know Lightning Seeds and various yeah Lightning Seeds yeah so yeah they're being spotted by some people maybe they're just um, shazamming them or something well, that's that. good. <laughs> there's no great joy in that oh I've paused it it's, that's, that's the sort of like that's the uh, the contemporary equivalent of taping something off the radio and yeah. trying not to have Bruno Brooks or something talking over the <laughs> beginning of it, right? Back to my youth again. Thank Back you to mine that. as well. Back <laughs> to mine as well. Come on, I think we're all, we, all, we all sort of share that. 
and it's a beautiful looking film you've talked about the, the grading and, and the colours and all the rest of it and your love of Technicolor Alistair but it's really sexy as well that was something that <laughs> I would say it reminded me of oh that reminded me of my uh, uh, teenager <laughs> but it, it's got a real there's a real escapist there's a real kind of sexy escapist quality to that. <laughs> well, that, I, mean, I mean, I didn't. I mean, all the couples are, are don't real. Be shy. They exist. <laughs> they, they weren't like, you know, we we because of, we're dealing with filming in pandemic, so we had to anyone that was, you know, say kissing had to be in, in a couple or anything. But I mean, I don't know. I just sort of took about. I just took things from when I was, you know, when I was growing up, and you know, friends would have parties, and there would always be sort of, you know, sort of a couple getting off with each other on the sofa, or you know, yeah. I, you know it's it's just about that sort of weird time between, I guess, fifteen and twenty-five, and you sort of don't know who you are. You're some. That's why even though there's sort of like there isn't really a narrative, it's like that period doesn't really have a narrative because you kind of people come in and out of your life. You're sort of, I don't know. It's just like a weird time when you sort of don't know who you are, but you're just trying to find yourself. But you sort of. You, and you don't know who what in the film you kind of you do after a while, but you don't know who's with who. No, and they don't know who's with who. And no, but that's like it's a really school, fun. I like, but I like the guy. Yeah. There's a wonderful like old college. Uh, yeah, totally, no, exactly. You know, it's good. It is, yeah. It's also how you remember things, isn't it? You yeah, know, how I remember things. Oh, I remember. I think it said it to my sons. I remember going to Glastonbury in eighty something. God, I'm so old. Eighty nine, something like that. Anyway, and felt were playing, and I was allowed backstage, and I had this horrible old Renault and um, no one had any music and I was playing music at, from my car stereo yeah, yeah, yeah. and had a yeah. congregation of people <laughs> around my car so because yeah. that, that, what else could you do really? Yeah well that's what we did with the car stereo as well we, like people would just be dancing around the car yeah, stereo. Yeah that's what <laughs> I love that we should say this in the, there's a wonderful scene in, in the film Alistair where yeah some guy turns up in a really nice mint Golf GTI, yes, from '95 or something. Yeah, <laughs> um, well, it's the ultimate car. Everyone wanted. That I know. Yeah, my, totally. my eldest wants one now, which is really what, from that era. Yes, from seeing the oh, film. It's nice. He's going. Can I have one of those? Yeah. <laughs> he found one that had something like 155,000 miles on the clock. I was like, No, you can't. I have think that you one. might. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it won't make it all the way up the A1. You won't, have to, you won't be able to. Re, you won't be able to remake the film in that no. one. Yeah. And yeah, everyone kind of. Tops off dancing around in a fe- in a kind of in that, a well, field. that was shot last August and it was exceptionally it's, hot day. Like, it's lovely. It was boiling, so it was just. I just thought that that's what it would look should look like, really, because that's what you see. <laughs> and I wanted to ask you, Alistair, about there are moments in the film where we seem to cut to almost like earlier footage or kind of found footage, bits of Stonehenge, really, where I feel like a druid's going to pop out. You know what I mean? Almost it looks like home movie. Yeah, um, well, we used we used certain footage. we used like. Um, um, some um, VHS, we used some uh, mini DV, different cameras. Just, okay. Just sort of but this was felt, freshly shot. Well, yeah, freshly yeah. shot that felt of the time. I mean, the sort of the Stonehenge thing with the sort of the skate part with the the, the skateboarders was a sort of like reference picnic at Hanging Rock, which is uh, a yeah. strange Australian film where these yeah. uh, these school kids go missing. And I sort of like the idea of something, you know, just the sort of the idea because that I sort of think those old seventies skate parks are so sort of like beautiful they're sort of like brutalist but then it's kind of <laughs> weird like thing with Stonehenge as well so I sort of thought well maybe they look quite good together so that's kind of where they do we can confirm from. they look at- yeah yeah no I, I just sort of like the idea of that really um yeah, that was. But all those cameras are just like uh, what we have in our, you know, what we have in our kit, and we just. Do you have a fiddle and see yeah, how just it works fi- yeah, out. just film them on those, and obviously, you know, they they cost nothing, which is great, you know, <laughs> to like to like use them. Yeah, I wanted to ask you both about your architectural references in it. I mean, there's some wonderful stacks and things like this. Reminded, do you remember that? Um, 
living, working for a nuclear-free city or whatever, that China Crisis album with those those same beautiful stacks on it. It's a good one. <laughs> but what, what, where does, I've always wanted to... The cooling to, towers, you talk The about. cooling yeah, towers. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I've called them stacks. Are they called okay. that? I don't, I don't know. know. I've, I've called them. That. That's a geo- geological them. feature. I've, <laughs> right. I've aggrandised them even okay. more, <laughs> even more than Sarah's going to now, possibly. I mean, I remember from, from earlier albums and, and you know, the... the Delicious possibilities of the Barbican and all, and your all your architectural references and all your work, Sarah and Saint Etienne. What's what's the genesis of that? Where does that kind of? I don't know. I think we've always, from? all three of us, been really into architecture. That mm. kind, a bit like in the film, it can be anything. It can be Tudor architecture mm-hmm. or something yeah. brutalist. And I've got cooling towers near near me in Didcot. And uh, I watched one being blown up, actually, not a few years ago. That was quite exciting. <laughs> yeah. You know, they blow it up and it goes... You know. um, but, yeah, it's just always been... Architecture's always been a thing. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I, I love them too. I mean, I always think they're just, they just are the UK. I don't know what yeah. that is, but I, I feel like they're really sort of... I don't know, I just remember seeing them as a kid and sort of being fascinated by them. Well, I suppose we're taught that we live in this sort of bucolic, rural, you know, rural-facing society, right? But then there's so many... There's, there's the Barbican and there are cooling towers and there are all these things that are just shockingly sort of man-made and mm-hmm. beautiful actually that we kind of we kind of sort of scratch our heads and look away from them and want to want to feel that our yeah we've we sh- you've shot Jacobean and Tudor architecture in well, the that's film well I just like the idea of you know obviously cause mashing thought, them up I, well, well just the first song sort of had this sort of medieval thing and and then <laughs> And I was being quite obvious with it, but I was sort of thinking, well, it's quite nice they use that. And I thought, well, maybe I'm just being really obvious and just use some Tudor buildings. But then I obviously put some mock Tudor in the middle of it all just to sort of, you know, because it's sort of, I don't know, like, again, you don't see that anywhere else. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's got like Stratford and and then like some place in Highgate, which has kind of like got this very, very nice mock Tudor uh, yeah. kind of type building. Oh, I know that. It's by the cemetery, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. that was there. Yeah, yeah, I can't yeah. remember the name of that street. Yeah, but it's, yeah be- it's, it's beautiful. It's a, I mean, yeah. but, but it's, you know... I had a recurring nightmare as a child, which is basically walking down a street where all the houses are so identical that you right, kind of okay. don't know where you are. Right, okay. And it's a bit like... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, Alice is like trying to... Don't, don't, don't get me out of here. No, What's no, no I, I, like, I, like the, I like the mock Tudor. I always sort of yeah. quite liked it as a, as a sort of... It's as a, a thing. Yeah, exactly. It's definitely... It's from the 1600s, but it's got a roll, you know, it's, but it's got a garage. Yes. I like it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's convenient and beautiful all in one go. Kind of, yeah. I, w- I was kind of slightly reminded in those architecture shots of things by Jonathan Meads, but also by Patrick Keeler and, and his Robinson films and things like that, which I feel somehow sort of nudges up close to the He did a London film. He did, yeah, Robinson yeah. in Space and Robinson in Ruins and these sorts of things. These sort of, yeah, investigations of sort of, wandering around i suppose that seems so, and and also he he was a great fan of or is a great fan of the 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 road sign and all right, these okay. things which kind of ping up and 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 so that that's kind of seems like it's nudging into senatian's universe as well the sort of yeah very much so. i think um bob i think bob did town planning at university so oh that's go. right i've read this and need i say more <laughs> that, <laughs> and the rest is rock and roll <laughs> <laughs> and I feel, as I said, as I said at the beginning, Sarah, this feels like it. it yeah, it's difficult to place. Is it? Is it a lot different to the album that you started off making before we all got locked indoors a couple of yes. years, a year and a half Huge, ago? Huge, hugely different. Okay. Yeah, so we were in a tiny studio with the fabulous Sean Lee in Finsbury Park doing this album, and I think we thought we were about 
three quarters of the way through and retrospect I think we were probably about a third of the way through so but we'll come back to something mm. else different weather and so yeah so we were cut short and then Bob had been listening to a lot of stuff I, I don't really like using the word vaporwave I'm going to say it anyway but uh, vaporwave and chillwave I think it is mm. and it's like people making videos and music that's all kind of mushed up uh, predominantly in America I think um, with videos to go with and he was just interested in it and sort of talked to Pete and I about it. And then I think Pete started noodling around doing something and it just started from there. And it, and it it was it just was a different experience. I mean, we're actually we've been talking about how much we're looking forward to going back to a studio together. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, we all start things at home and share ideas. But, you know, to finish them off and do the vocals and stuff like that, we, we go into a studio. But at the same time, it, it was it was just really good fun. And it was so nice to feel because I, where I live I'm in the middle of nowhere you know surrounded by fields and woodland and stuff <laughs> and so during lockdown it was really dull <laughs> very beautiful but I we were really get your folktronica album <laughs> yeah, no. no it was it was really lovely but yeah. really dull and so this was just something really exciting for me at the time it's like yeah. for you I'm doing something fun and well, it is. It's a it's a lovely both both the record and the and the film are beautiful places to inhabit. You re- released it cannily in in the, at the peak of an Indian summer. Yes, it's going to be beautiful. We can all wash in its wash in its warm waters. I think. Brilliant. Thank you both, um, Alistair and Sarah. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks to Sarah Cracknell and Alastair McClellan for joining me on the programme today. And Senechen's new album, I've Been Trying to Tell You, is out now on Heavenly Records. The films of Senechen, including the ones that go with this album, are now available to view on the BFI player as part of a collection of music-themed films called Sonic Music in Movies. Monocle on Culture was, of course, produced by Holly Fisher, and I'll be back at the same time next week. But until then, from me, Robert Bound, thanks for tuning in.